Welcome to Co-Pilots, the podcast where we review not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it a second chance might just change your mind. Here we take that chance for you, and let you know our opinion on if a show deserves more than one shot. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-pilot Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this time will be Being Human. The U.S. version. Should probably clarify that, right? I mean, no, I think there's only one version of being human, and that's because the U.S. version is strictly superior to the U.K. version. You've never seen the U.K. version? I've seen the first episode of the U.K. version. Wow, you've seen one episode in a show that is five series. Okay, so the actors just didn't have the, like, charm, charisma, or synergy of the American cast. Yeah, because they did it first, so they were still working out the bugs. Yeah, well, that's their fault. Never be an innovator, always be a copier. That's what I always say. Yeah, that sounds like something you would do and support. <laughs> Let somebody else innovate and work out the bugs, and you can come along and iterate on their innovation and make it better so people remember you. It's true. That's what all the best inventors and businessmen do. Yeah, it's a tried and true patent to success. You know what? You're not wrong. I can't blame you, but I can just say you're a douchebag and a piece of shit and be entirely accurate. Also, even though this is branded as the U.S. version of the show, it's actually Canadian. It's a Canadian cast by a Canadian production company, mostly filmed in Canada. Except Canada's not real, so it doesn't really matter. It's just made up. It's TV made up land. Then how do they film New York? It's all green screen. Always has been. Yeah, but it's green. Insert meme of astronaut. It's green screen over the background of Toronto. That's New York. No. That's that's just the thing they made up, so you think they put more effort into movies than they actually do. Everybody knows New York isn't real. It's just Toronto with a green screen. Yeah, that's true, but Toronto's not in Canada. Don't think you understand. There is no city called New York. It's just Toronto. Toronto, New York. Everyone knows this. You know, I had a whole joke queued up about it being the 21st night of September, but like, I don't know where to insert it or plug it. You probably just shouldn't. But it's the 21st night of September. It's not. It is. No. Yeah. Yes. No. Yes. Why would it be the 21st night of September? That'd be implying we were recording this literally the night before it goes up. We would never do that. We are much too responsible to do that. So to peel the curtain back. What's a curtain? This is the 21st night of September. This episode goes live later today because it's past midnight. And uh, yeah. So it's not the, the 21st of September. It's the early morn of September 22nd. Night of 21st, early morn of 22nd. They kind of blend together. That's just how time works. No. Time is very clear cut and linear. Everyone knows this. I don't think anybody would, would actually agree with that statement. Mm, I just think you're wrong. You don't like being wrong. You know, Being Human is a U.S. <laughs> television show featured on the Sci-Fi channel when it was airing. You know, back when Sci-Fi spelled their name S-Y-F-Y, which I think they still do. 
And being human, the U.S., has a two-part opening episode. The first part is titled, There Goes the Neighborhood Part 1. And the second episode, which we'll get to, is entitled, There Goes the Neighborhood Part 2. I was completely unaware of this. I did not pay attention to the names of the episodes. That is why I exist. Until you forget, and then you get upset. I've never once forgotten to mention the episode yes, name have. of a show. Never. That's not a thing that's ever happened. I can happened. find the audio from that. You cannot find the audio from that. It doesn't exist. Oh, is it just another thing where I've made up all of your lines with AI again? It's like Canada. It doesn't <laughs> exist. Fair so, enough. So episode one opens with a voiceover. And this voiceover tells us that every human spends a night or two on the dark side. Yep. And they live to regret it. But what? what if... You only existed on the dark side. Yeah. What if there was no light side to be had? What if there was no going back? What if the dichotomy of the force did not constrain your entire existence? It also further goes on to talk about how every person lies and hides something about themselves. Yeah, it's just you wake up in the morning, you put on makeup, you take off the wedding ring, you do whatever. Suck in your belly, yeah. g- get, a, get a spray tan. Tell some sort of lie in some manner. And why not? Why shouldn't you? And then tell him we're getting this voiceover, we are introduced to our two main characters to start the show we see one of them walking down the sidewalk in a big city and then he's walking through a forest yes and then we see our other one on a date walking with a girl back to someone's apartment and he's being pretentious like, pretentiously douchebaggy deep but actually still making a fair point and sounding like a serial killer all at the same time yeah you know just when the spark the, the final light goes out of a living thing it's beautiful you yeah. get what i mean right yeah he's quoting i think he said sir byron yeah lord byron yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then the quote ends just as we see our being human title card which and then lines up with the we all lie and why wouldn't you we're all only human after all yeah yeah and then we are back in the forest but it's daylight now and our guy who had walked off in the woods is naked covered in blood next to a massacred deer i wouldn't call it massacred it's dead but massacre that might be overselling it it's a dead deer i disagree it's okay and then you can uh, be wrong and then our pretentious guy is waking up in bed well next to a bed covered in blood because um he's a vampire he ate the lady from the date and she went and died you know the thing that happens when you get exsanguinated yeah and so he it's not even morning for him this is this still oh yeah nighttime we still see nighttime for him because at nighttime for him he's rocking on the ground he he, did, he didn't yeah, go yeah. to sleep he, he's yeah, yeah rocking on the ground and like sobbing and calls the funeral home where he gives his name and is like i need your help yeah i need a cleanup and so we see a box truck pull up and there are two guys loading a long horizontal box into the back of it as aiden watches from like behind a fence in an alleyway yeah you can almost say they're loading a coffin-esque box into the back of the truck or you can just say a box like a normal person but it's coffin-esque it's a rectangular box yeah with a body in it that makes a coffin-esque i mean i can put bodies in things that aren't coffins can you though yes can you prove it yes where did you put the body then don't worry about it you're not gonna get me to confess on this fucking podcast i know like come on really really you you think you could get away with that i think i can get away with whatever i want to get away with i plead the fifth you're gonna get nothing from me ever you can't prove a fucking thing anyways we then watch sam yes sorry aiden Mm -hmm. who's played plays aiden sam also plays josh yes yes he does Mm mm-hmm we then watch Aiden watch the movers, like you said. Yeah. And from there, we go to him sitting in a car, nervously tapping on a steering wheel while the sun's shining. Yeah. And then morning. we go back to Josh. Who comes out of the forest. Into a backyard. He is, by the way, naked. Yes. 
and he's looking for clothes and he finds a clothesline so he's going to pull some clothes off of it and he's looking at a dress because it looks like the only thing that's going to fit him there's just a child watching him he takes the dress runs and we see him walking through the streets of boston in a very brightly colored flowery dress technically if anyone reported him this would technically make sam a child molester no a sexual predator yes difference yeah yeah, that one big difference he's running around nude in front of children yes but then he takes the dress like you said Mm -hmm. and gets in aiden's car yeah and aiden laughs at him after handing him actual clothes a towel water you know what you do when your friend randomly murders a deer in the woods at night to be fair aiden doesn't know he randomly murdered a deer aiden just knows he turns into a wolf and runs around once a month yeah but we the viewer didn't know that yet fair enough and they go to work and they both work at Suffolk. so suffolk suffolk s-u-f-f-o-l-k suffolk i can pronounce it so well in my head my mm-hmm. brain doesn't want to pr- my mouth doesn't want to pronounce it suffolk yeah i believe or it's close enough county hospital which is in boston yes aiden is a nurse and josh is an orderly indeed and at their lockers they're talking about well, aiden is trying to convince josh to get an apartment with him there's a better way to do this there's a better the way, way to be human and sam's like oh a better way to be monsters yeah sorry josh josh is like a better way to be monsters to which Aiden says a better way to be human yeah that's kind of really the only conversation they have as they're changing into their scrubs and putting their stuff away yeah and as they leave the locker room to go into the hospital proper mm-hmm. they run into a nurse her name is Kara, and she's, she's filling in for rebecca mm-hmm. who is the woman that aiden was out with the night before the one you know he murdered yeah not that josh Josh is aware of that. Josh just looks confused that Rebecca's not there. Yes. And then he curtsies to Kara to introduce himself. Well, you ha- you you say that, but you forget like the awkwardness that leads into him meeting yeah. Kara is like Aiden says something about Josh not getting laid in two years. Yeah, as they're walking out. And Josh is like, way to throw to my face that I haven't had sex in two years, just as they round the corner yeah, into which Kara. Is, and then he's like, which is a total lie. And then he curtsies, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After this encounter with Kara, Aiden then sees the man who brought the box truck to Rebecca's apartment. Mm -hmm. And this man is attempting to recruit, in quotations, because recruiting as a vampire doesn't mean you're giving people options. Yeah, it means you're turning people into vampires. I mean, you might be giving people options. It depends how you run your vampire. Horde, tribe, group, militia, army, coven. What is a group of bats called? Because I feel like that's the right terminology cloister is that what a bat a group of bats? nope not that i'm aware of i was like what do you call a group of bats and you're just like a cloister and i was like oh that makes sense uh, that no i was just still listing things to call a group of vampires i like a parliament no a parliament of vampires no if we're doing birds the obvious one is to do a murder of vampires no that's too obvious an it, unkindness of vampires an unkindness of vampires i like that i like that almost as much as i like parliament corvids are cool a guys. rigged judiciary court of vampires a con Congress of vampires. I kind of just said that. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Anyways, though, so Aiden sees this guy and he takes umbrage with the fact that the other vampire whose name I cannot remember for the life of me. Marcus. He takes umbrage with the fact that Marcus is turning people in the hospital that he works at. And he's like, hey, hospital off limits. No recruiting here. And Marcus is like, yeah, but you got to take it up with the bishop, not me. And Uh, uh, I'm aware that you're back now, Aiden, because Aiden killed someone and apparently he hasn't done that in quite a long time. But there's a new order of things. It's bishop is bishop. 
up. And then it's me. And Aiden's like, yeah, I wouldn't want to upset all those years you spent getting your nose firmly implanted into Bishop's ass. Yeah. And also, I'm not back. Which Don't call it comeback. I was going to say, let's be clear here. Aiden just has lines of like a retired like super agent or like super spy in an action movie where he's been pulled out of retirement but refuses to acknowledge that for like 75% of the movie. Oh, so he's just Bruce Willis in red. Yeah, basically. He's like, I'm not back. Don't call it a comeback because I'm never coming back. Fuck you guys. So after this little skirmish, basically. We're back in the locker room. Because they're shoving each other around. Or is this the bench? This is the bench outside. Mm -hmm. Josh and Aiden are sitting outside on their lunch break, actively discussing getting an apartment together so they, you know, they can pretend to be human and pretend to be normal. Well, this all, and this all kicks off with Josh being like, hey, were you for real? Yeah, like. Do you really want to do this? And it's just like, yeah, man, like, why shouldn't we try it? We can keep each other in check and also we can be ourselves around each other. So they. They talk about just how it's a bad idea, basically. But the points that they point out aren't directly tied to them being vicious, unhuman beasts. It's tied to the fact that Aiden refuses to clean. Well, it, Aiden doesn't do dishes, to which yeah. Josh is like, you don't eat. And he's like, I don't clean. And then Josh is like, Josh responds with saying he has OCD. And he's like, yeah. Also, I have horrible credit. They're just discussing like normal things-ish. Aiden, the vampire has horrible credit. Let's keep, like, yeah. not Josh. Oh, did I say Josh? My bad. No, you, it was just left ambiguous. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they go looking for an apartment. And then they find one. Yeah. The one they find was previously lived in by an engaged couple. And Josh and Aiden essentially get to like tour the house by themselves. Mm -hmm. And Josh is really, Josh really likes the place. Like it has a view of a property that has a view of the water. Yes. Honestly. Look at those windowsills. You could put a pie on them. If you were an 80 year old grandmother. You could. Yeah. Uh, They have amazing chemistry. I love it. I would agree. But. So uh, Josh is very yeah. Josh is too overzealous about the place. Too excited, and Aiden's trying to be like, "Calm down. We don't need to let them know that." But at no point does Aiden clearly state, "Hey, play it cool, so we don't get our rent jacked up." He's just like, "You gotta calm down, man. It's fine. You gotta calm down." It's just like, just express you don't want him to fuck up your rent situation here. But they don't do that. So they step outside to talk with the owner of the apartment. Yes, and it's a young man named Danny, and they have a little bit of back and forth where Aiden like keeps trying to point out flaws in the apartment, and Josh is like. Yeah, but, but we can do with that, or it adds a vibe. What are weekends for? But fixing up the apartment we're renting. Yeah, and finally. Danny's like, there was a couple that lived here. They were trying to fix it up, but things didn't work out. Yeah. And it comes to light that the, the fiance, the woman, mm-hmm. died in the apartment, which freaks Josh out. He's like, you you have said something. And then Josh is a little rude. Just like, mm-hmm. not, it wouldn't necessarily be rude, except we find out that Danny, the landlord, was the fiance. Was the fiance. Yeah. So the right term. I know they're spelled differently, but they're both fiance, right? He was the other person involved in the engagement. Yes. And he just really, like, doesn't want to go back in that place if he doesn't have to. Which is why he didn't go inside with them to look it over. And he's willing to get the pipes fixed and do anything else. He just... Let them have the furniture in there. Yeah. Because he doesn't want reminders of the relationship. And he, They're both just looking kind of iffy on it. And he doesn't care about credit scores. To which Aiden lets out a big sigh and just nods his head and looks over at Josh. And then we get a montage of them moving in. Yeah. Which the montage is mainly just... Carrying <laughs> tables. No, no, it, it's literally just two things. It is these two activities intercut together. It is Josh mopping the kitchen floor and them carrying a singular table to the apartment because it's the same table they ever shot, which feels like they carried it so far from wherever they picked it up off the side of the street because it is not a new table. It's got charm to it, though. Yeah, but they did not. They charm. did not pay for that table. They found it somewhere, or they pay, overpaid for it because it's a major city and they bought it at like 
A consignment shop. I feel like they found it somewhere. So having fully moved in, Josh is fixing himself breakfast one morning before they're going to work. And then he sees a shadowy figure move through the living room and up the stairs. I mean, he drops an egg and then says, the upside to having your own place is when you make a mistake in the kitchen, there's no one around to see it. He's going to put the egg back on his plate. He disgusts me. I don't know why that disgusts you. He eats raw living animal, like an egg that fell on the floor. The package of the animal, pretty good about keeping bad germs out. Yeah, but he eats the package too. I mean, not necessarily. I've yeah, never he... seen him cough up a hairball. I don't think he does. I think he just rinses it with his claws and then eats. No, he definitely does. No. He, he's had like fur and stuff splattered on his face. That it... came from the rending process to open the container. In case you're Look, unaware. Sometimes you try to open a bag of chips and it splatters everywhere. I don't eat the chips off the ground. I eat what's left in the bag. In case you're unaware, either because you don't remember or this is your first episode of Copilot, Justice and I have talked about this show before. Not like in depth yeah. like this. Being Human is my is easily one of my, if not my favorite TV shows of all time. The, the US version. Yeah. So when I say he was woken up with fur on his face, I'm referencing future episodes. Yeah. Because that doesn't happen in this one. Mm-hmm. That's just a reminder. And yes, we are cheating. We're breaking our own rules. We're reviewing a show we've seen before. But it's because it's Halloween time, guys. Also, it's our rules. Fuck you. It's Halloween time. We're reviewing spookum shows like Being Human US. Look, if and I... Being human uk look if i want to take this plane and point it directly at the ground you can't stop me i'm in control i'm the one flying it you're just stuck in your seat hoping i drop the oxygen masks <laughs> fuck justice that got dark <laughs> <laughs> that got dark fast okay so he sees a shadowy figure i mean so does josh's morning he goes from fixing a nice, happy breakfast in his new apartment to thinking someone's broken into his house. To thinking that a drug addict has broken mm-hmm. into his house. To finding out that it's a ghost that he now lives with. Yes, and he is, he's very not okay with the ghost, but Aiden takes it very much in stride. Yeah, Aiden's seen ghosts before. To be fair, also I think like... The amount of usage they get out of a house is very different for Josh versus Aiden. Yeah, for Aiden, it's a place to sleep. Does Aiden even need to sleep? Yes, he sleeps. We see him sleep. He doesn't need to do it, but he is capable of doing it, and he does choose to. We don't see him do it in any of these episodes again. That's the future thing. So, like, Josh really needs a house based on the fact that 29 days out of the month, he's human. Yeah. 27 out of every 28 days, he's human. Mm -hmm. And uh, Aiden... Not so much. He needs a place to shower. And a place to heat packages of blood. And a place to get mail delivered, I guess. And to use as an address on his nursing job. Yeah. Yeah. But Sally is the fiance. Yep. And she died here. And she's also played by Sam. Yes, that's not true. Now, she's played by Megan Rath. Gonna ruin your bit about the Sams. I mean, it's fine. I had no idea about my bits about the Sams. Yeah, that's fair. That never existed. That existed in an alternate timeline. But no, M- Sally is played by Megan Rath. Yep. The vampire and werewolf are played by Sam's Witweer and Huntington, respectively. Yes. Wit- Whereas the vampire, Huntington's the werewolf. And Whitworth's cool. He also does D&D stuff. Yeah, he wrote a D&D book. Mm-hmm. Not like a book R.A. Salatory writes, but like the type you use to actually play the game. Yeah, he wrote it with his brother, didn't he? Yeah, you know, the useful type of D&D book. Agreed. Shots fired at R.A. Salvatore. Oh no. Come at me. But yeah, so we are basically just giving a crash course on how ghosts kind of work, mainly through the lens of Aiden explaining things to Josh, but also explaining things better than Sally, because Sally has only been a ghost for six months. Mm-hmm. 
And importantly, she doesn't remember how she died. Yep. And normal also, people can't interact with ghosts or see ghosts. Which means supernatural is, things can though. Which means this is the first time in six months she's had somebody who can reply to her in a conversation. Yeah, so she's really happy about that. Yeah, so now it's a ghost, werewolf, and a vampire all living together. Yeah, and Josh is freaking out because well, there's a ghost who can just poof around his house and peep on him. And to which when he accuses Sally, she says she never peeped much. She brings up a mole that is somewhere in Josh's underpants. We don't know if it's in his underpants. It could be under his pants, but not in his underpants. It could be the like at the shin. The implication. Yeah, but it could be on like on his shin. Fair enough. We also find out here that Josh was studying for med school. Yeah, he was a he was in pre-med. He was pre-med, yes. Josh also freaks out. And he doesn't freak this part out in front of Sally. It's when him and Aiden are in the locker room together that day getting ready for work. He's like, we can't live with a ghost. Our house is supposed to be the one place where we don't have to be monsters. Yeah, I would like to point out before that, though, this situation between the three does not resolve well. Josh freaks out and it's just like, just leave, haunt your fiance. Mm -hmm. To which Sally says she can't leave and Aiden also says she can't. And Josh is just like, well, figure something out. Yeah, because he doesn't want a ghost roommate. Because the apartment is the one place they're supposed to be able to be not monsters and having an additional monster around all the time is going to make it hard to not be monsters even though i don't think ghosts should qualify as yeah i don't think normal ghosts should qualify as monsters yep there is definitely ghosts later on in the series that should probably qualify as monsters agreed like the reaper yeah so during this interaction between josh and aiden in the locker room as they finish getting dressed back into normal clothes because apparently this is like at the end of their day <laughs> no no it's before their shift starts i guess yes yeah. because they as they're talking aiden leads josh out of the locker room and through halls and through catacombs uh, it makes sense when you think about it because Suffolk memorial county hospital whatever it is is the third oldest hospital in the entirety of america yeah also like they're not really catacombs they're just old rooms that are and cellars and mm-hmm. so on made of stone so it, it looks catacomby but it's not really and he finds a room that i would describe as maybe like a mental patient t- style room maybe a, i th- guess the I door is really small i don't know what else you're doing with a door that thick it's a metal door with a viewing window on it and the door is like six inches thick yeah but the room itself weirdly has a pole in the middle of it which sounds not good for the construction of that but the pole is metal and the rest of the main superstructure appears to be made of concrete and or block i assume it's entirely possible the metal pole was added later to keep up with support of the building above it at the building degraded who knows that's exactly what i assume i assume it's a support for the larger hospital above yeah but aiden found this room where he suggested that josh can turn into a werewolf at because the hospital just recently like cleared this entire area for renovations but it's going to take forever anyways yeah because it's bureaucracy it's going to be years before they actually manage to end up using this area yep and josh calls it a cage and seems unsure about it which is funny because he like doesn't want to be out in the wild where he can hurt somebody yeah but on the flip side he feels weird about being caged once a month yeah and then we're back with aiden trying to do his nursing job he's just upstairs and we see him walk out of a hallway and he's removing an apron and gloves yeah, because he was tending to a gunshot wound patient the gsw just come in they're taking them to surgery but he is just one of the responding nurses at the entrance it seems and all the blood has him flashbacking to rebecca and the night yeah. he murdered her yep and then Kara interrupts his thoughts while he just is awkwardly to basically ask him out to a drink yeah and not only is like she interrupting his thoughts about murder essentially mm-hmm. but also he's like very very close to like just 
just losing control. He's almost hyperventilating. Yeah. He's sweaty. He's having trouble breathing, which does he need to breathe? Who knows? But so she realizes she's making things very awkward and she apologizes and she's had like a hundred cups of coffee because she's been making coffee for the cops. And every time she makes them a cup of coffee, she drinks one with them. So they don't think she has anything to hide because she totally killed Rebecca to get Rebecca's job. Yep. I believe it. You know, nursing's a highly competitive field. And sometimes you just have to murder somebody to get their job. Although from what I understand about the actual nursing nursing field Mm -hmm. is even though the schooling is highly competitive to get into. Yep. There are so many many jobs and not enough nurses yeah it's almost like they try to pay you as little as possible and treat you like shit weird it's like every other part of the capitalist system medicine shouldn't be part of capital i agree so when she mentions that the police are here aiden looks over at what looks to be a sergeant i guess i think if i read his a higher ranking police officer yeah and he seems suspicious but then we're back with josh and josh arrives home where silly is like i have an idea on how i can leave Maybe. I need to resolve my issues with Danny. So I need and, you to call him to come look at the pipes. And sa- and like, Josh, he he's overwhelmed in the moment. He's like, look, I just, I, I had a really bad day at work and I just need time to decompress and relax yeah, before because, I uh, do anything else. He's like, as soon as he walked in the door, she was in his face. Yeah. And like, it's, we- it's differently weird to have a ghost in your face. It's weird in a very different way to have a ghost in your face because ostensibly you can just walk right through them. Yeah. But like on the level of rudeness, where does that scale? And Josh doesn't want to like have to do these mental gymnastics right now. He just wants to have a beer. Yeah. And relax. He wants to have a beer and relax because one, he's been confronted with the fact that he has a ghost roommate, been shown a room where he can wolf out, but he sees it as a cage. And also during work, he caught sight of someone we don't know who yet, but someone that he recognizes and then immediately fled from. Indeed. So what he He's busy trying to have a beer and relax. He's just like, I just need a little time alone, which I can't do because you're always here. And so I was just like, well, I can't do anything about it. And he's just like, well, try. So they just end up arguing. And in her rage, Sally, Thanos snaps away because that's what she does when she disappears because she can disappear and poof around. Marvel really just stole that effect. Mm-hmm. And she can't see, she doesn't really be able to seem to control it yet. So she gets very angry and kind of just dissipates. And when she does, a folding chair on the other side of the table falls over. Based on the first time this happens for her when she's really excited in the room yes when they first confront her i don't think she dissipates because that implies that she apparates somewhere else i think she just like disincorporates because yeah that's really the correct term i just didn't think of it when i wanted to say something because she her voice is still in that room but she has no physical presence she has no visual presence on mm-hmm. a supernatural spectrum of vision yeah because she's disincorporated yeah which really begs the question like how much of that room can she still interact with see and hear what does she see and hear inside everything inside the house when she disincorporates they really never address some of these questions yeah i mean honestly some of these questions i didn't have until we started reviewing the episode and then after that josh looks annoyed drinks some of his beer and we're back with aiden who is being interviewed by police Before we officers. Jump back to aiden, when she does disincorporate here it is the first time that we see she physically interacts with an object yes. is when she disincorporates she does so with enough force that the folding chair that was in front of her falls over collapses and falls over yes uh-huh. that's important i mentioned the chair falling oh did you yes my bad but yeah 
Yeah, Aiden, cops. One of the cops seems to have a hard-on for painting this on Aiden. His name's Tim, Mm -hmm. Officer Tim. Because he knows, everyone at the hospital knows that Rebecca had a thing for Aiden and that maybe there was something more there, even even though the Aiden's saying no. And from what we understand, this was like supposedly their first date, so. It is, this this cop is a really good demonstration of cops, though, because he's like, so when was the last time you were at Rebecca's apartment? And Aiden's like, whoa, 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 I never said I was at her apartment. Yeah. Um, He's like, so you were never at her apartment? He's just like, no, I haven't been ever. The cop's just like, yeah, sure. Well, like, that's like a very cop question, though. Mm -hmm. When were you last at this place? Implying that you've been there. Ever. Ever, Yeah. yeah. So as he's trying to pressure Aiden into saying something... The other officer, the high-ranking one, reaches over and taps the guy on the wrist and says, Aiden didn't do this. And initially, Tim is confused by that statement. And then the other cop locks eyes with Tim, stares him down and says, Aiden didn't do this. Now you're going to go wait in the car and forgot you were ever here. Indeed. And the guy does. Because vampires. And then Hypnosis. Aiden and Bishop have a long conversation. That's the name of the other cop. Yep. Have a long conversation, which mostly centers around the, the fact that Aiden is now eating out of plastic bags. Yep. Bishop doesn't like that. Bishop wants Aiden to come back into the fold and rejoin Aiden, the parliament. Bishop is certain Aiden's back. Aiden says he isn't back. Bishop says he should be back because he's the best. Aiden says he shouldn't be back because being the best at being a vampire is not a good thing, basically. And then Bishop says, well, you can't do some things without us, so you should come back. And Aiden's like, but I don't want to do those things anymore, so I'm not going to come back. And Bishop's like, well, you did those things anyways. You needed us to clean up your mess. So really, you kind of are already back. And then Aiden just says, no. And then Aiden's like, that was an accident. It won't happen again. And basically they talk in circles just like that. Yep. That was- That's really kind of just it. Oh, yes. Because then Aiden goes home. Yep. And Josh is back at the hospital. Yeah. And- so Aiden goes home and Sally is like, look, I've spent all day trying to leave. And I just, I can't. And like, the thing is, I don't know if she can't like physically. Well, well but- she says here that she sticks a tub outside, but she can't like go any farther than that. But like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean it's physical because the way she describes it is she can't go outside because she's afraid. She's afraid yeah. that like if she steps outside, she'll just blow away or she won't be able to find her way back or what. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's not a physical thing that's holding her back to the, the house, which yeah. based on other things in the series, I would have kind of assumed like she is bound to the house mm-hmm. at this point in her ghostdom, but it is a mental block more than anything. I mean, it's definitely not necessarily a mental block. Does one arguably still have a mental when they're dead? If you still have a consciousness, then yes. Mental doesn't necessarily... I'm aware. Yeah. I was just asking a dumb question because I could. Well, I mean, it's not a dumb question. Like, yeah, but it's not a like actually question I have one have a conversation about because it wasn't meant to be taken seriously. Fair enough. I will. She clearly does because it affects her. And Aiden tries to reach out to comfort her because she's mm-hmm. basically having a breakdown on the couch, and she is still comforted by it. But like, his hand just kind of goes through her because yeah, ghost. And she's like, I just want to see him again. And we go, f- we leave from there, and Josh is back at work. He's got a bag and he's trucking through the hospital with his headphones on. Listen to nope. the, no, 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 no. He is in his scrubs. He is still trucking through the hospital, but very tense, taking like a deep breath. He steadies himself and then walks into a patient room where we can hear two women giggling. Yes, and it is his sister Emily. Yes, and her girlfriend. Mind you, we still haven't learned that this is his sister. So like the next conversation between the two. Fair enough. He sees them. He stands there for a moment and then turns to leave, but his sister notices him and she just says 
says his name and he tries to take off but that doesn't super work yeah he basically she's like we've been worried about you for two years you've where you did up you and be- disappeared like where, where did you go did you ever think maybe it wasn't the right thing to tell jewish parents not to worry because yeah. he left a note saying not to worry which mm-hmm. um kind of like just sounds like a suicide note hey guys don't worry yeah i'm gonna disappear now but uh he basically pleads with her and is like look to not tell anyone that he's here he's just like it's great seeing you i missed you a lot i care about you but like my life's different and none of you guys are in it basically and it's different in a way that i can never explain to you yep and then aiden has a flashback again because he's still really craving that sweet sweet human juice because and this this comes out over the length of the first season at least yeah blood is heroin Mm -hmm. it's just heroin vampirism is an analogy for drug addiction often is in media yeah i mean in modern day yeah Yeah. that's like and honestly being human is the best portrayal of vampirism as an addiction Mm -hmm. because not only does like aiden have to cut off all the people who he he was friends with yeah you get it i'm yeah i just don't understand why we're talking about this when when we both agree that's fine we can do this episode even though we've seen it before the consensus was we still wouldn't talk about things outside of the first because because even this episode like leans into yeah but like not super a lot fair enough but he's having flashbacks to a time him and bishop walked into a wedding and then just ate everyone except for a little girl maybe she she crawls out of the table when bishop stops laughing she thinks he's gone only to see aiden right in front of her aiden makes eye contact he's super blood drunk just chilling and then the flashback ends yep so then we have josh trucking through the hospital with headphones on and a hoodie on and a backpack yes Mm -hmm. and he's trucking through the hospital music blaring he can't hear and he passes his sister emily who sees him and she's like josh josh but he can't hear her because music so she follows him yeah and where is he going but to his cage yeah because we haven't made it clear so it took them a month to find an apartment Mm -hmm. which means it's almost another full moon and then we are literally told when we see aiden and josh in the room the first time that the next night is the full moon yes and that he could change here yep also in that scene aiden breaks off the door handle on the inside yeah. of the room so josh as a werewolf can't get out and aiden will come and let him out in the morning so josh gets down into his little cage and he starts like prepping up, up his jacket getting ready to take off his button up shirt sets his backpack down and then his sister walks in and is like josh and he's like wait what the fuck are you doing you can't be in here you have to go leave please get out and the two of them get into an argument and he's like trying to make her leave she gets far as far away from the door as she can and he's starting to change but not like the physical changes aren't phys- mm-hmm. are happening yet he's in pain though and he tries to like shove her out of the door but she sidesteps and like slams the door shut yeah and is now locked in a concrete box with a werewolf yeah so he starts panicking and she's still trying to cover him and he's just like get away from me stay away and he walks off to the corner pulls out his phone and calls aiden but aiden's phone doesn't get answered because aiden is now off with bishop because essentially bishop has like guilted aiden into coming with him he's like look if you're gonna accept our favors you have to at least like come with me well, let me show you something he implies that what he has to show aiden is important in relevance to rebecca the girl he drank and killed yeah but instead it is a blood den which yeah. is we're humans who want to eventually be vampires or think, think drug den but for blood there are people you can get a fix from yeah but those people are are hoping to later be the addicts rather than the drug maybe who knows that'd be an assumption based off of future information you don't have in this first episode it's also an assumption i would make just based off the fact that humans yeah. are willingly trading their yeah, no, blood that's fine i'm just saying like although, although it does appear that being fed up on 
one is pleasurable in some for form. humans as well. Like, yeah. Which makes sense. There's another series. Uh, a lot of vampire things do it. Yeah. A lot of vampire things do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Aiden has handed over his jacket to a concierge, basically, and is thus separated from his cell phone, so he cannot pick up when Josh calls. So Josh, not getting an answer from Aiden, proceeds to call the apartment. And to both Josh and Aiden. Because they have a house phone. Yeah. And to both Aiden and the house phone, Josh leaves basically the same message. It's, hey, I'm in the room and I'm, you know, and my sister's here. And if no one can come and let her out, I'm going to kill her. Except I when don't he want ca- to, but I'm going to kill her. Except when he calls the apartment phone, he very much directly makes it Yeah, for he Sally. adds addendums for Sally, basically. It's just like, hey. I need you to find me. Or, or Aiden. Find- yeah. I know you can't leave the house but i need you to try please and then we're at the blood den yep. aiden is beginning to feed bishop is nearby but not feeding himself and then we cut back to the cage and josh's fingers are turning the werewolf claws and his mouth is kind of extending and he groans and growls in pain and his sister steps back and that's the end of the episode roll credits so what are your thoughts on episode one of the U.S. version of Being Human? This first episode does a lot to, like, get me invested in the characters. Yeah. They all have, like, hooks and chemistry and, like, there is this overlap between what it means to be human and what it is to be a monster that even in this first episode is being thoroughly explored. Agreed. On top of that, going to the show, not really familiar with Sam Witwer or Sam Huntington. And honestly, that was true the first time I saw the show and it's kind of true now. I know Sam, I know more roles for Sam Witwer than... Yeah. Uh, Huntington Whitworth was in Battlestar Galactica and Smallville and all these things but Mark Pellegrino the person playing Bishop he is my favorite actor who has found a niche and that niche is asshole villain yeah it's the preeminent dick and I love him. He is such a good person in that role. Yeah, he and also he, plays Lucifer in Supernatural. Lucifer in Supernatural, the uncle of Robbie Amell's character in that superhero show I forget the name of that was pretty okay. Uh, Sense8? No, Sense8 was a Netflix show. This mm. was a CW show. Um, I'm just trying to think of things that you tell me to watch that I don't care about. It was technically a reboot of like a 70s or 80s no show. Idea. Yeah, but grittier and darker because anyways Pellegrino amazing love him as a villain he is so good that said understandable between Pellegrino and the cast's chemistry and like the like parallels between monstrisms and human struggles yeah I would watch more of this show I love it like this is this is exactly my type of my type of thing Fair enough. It's artsy enough to be compelling from that standpoint. Yep. But it's teen drama enough to be compelling from that standpoint. And really, that's like my Fair enough. that's my Venn diagram. Like, yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> what about you? What do you think of being human episode one? I think it's fine. Episode one by itself doesn't necessarily hook me, but I enjoy the characters enough. Honestly, the weakest part of episode one for me is probably Sally's character, because she really doesn't have a lot of screen time compared to Josh and Sam, who are obviously our two other main characters so sally does feel a bit weaker yeah but it's not necessarily badly done and the show doesn't despite being a show where the two main characters are a werewolf and a vampire they don't like throw that in your face too much i guess like they mention it often as sally says in their house it's all josh talks about it's all he just he just wanders around the house and whines about how he wishes he wasn't a werewolf basically yeah not incorrect <laughs> but the show doesn't just focus on that and throw that back at our face for the majority of the episode a lot of it is really more 
more on their interpersonal struggles with the people around them. For Aiden, it's with Bishop. And for Josh, it's very much with his sister. And it's, then they're just struggling of adapting to a new life. Like, you could probably pull out the vampire and werewolf bit and it'd still be fine. It's, yeah, it's still very much a show about two people who are at, like, their rock bottoms trying to come together and support each other. And yeah. that's still compelling TV. Yep. It's just more compelling when there's fangs and claws. Yeah. And- if it wasn't a werewolf and a vampire, Sally wouldn't be a ghost. It'd just be, you found out you have a random, like, crazy guy living in your attic. You just found out that when, when your landlord said, apartment comes as is, he meant, oh, there's a third person living here, but if I tell you that, you won't rent from me. Yeah. Which, honestly, compelling TV would still watch. Yeah. But yeah, that brings us to episode two. There goes the neighborhood part two. Why would you do that to me? Because I could. I know you're trying to prove a point, but fuck you. I wasn't trying to prove a point. I literally just did it out of spite. Yeah, but you were talking earlier about how I get upset when I don't get to do it. So obviously, oh, so I did. You're so, right. So obviously, this is you trying to prove a point. Sure. And fuck you. Um, this episode opens with but- Sally monologuing instead of Aiden. And a montage. Yeah. And it's a montage of how each of them became their monsters. Yeah. Uh, There's a montage of Sally falling down a staircase or not yet. We just know she's dead. She's she's Yeah, we just know she's dead. So when we see Sally, we see a close up on her face, slowly panning out. And we see blood just leaking from the back of her head across the tile floor. Mm -hmm. And we see Josh at a campground. He's bloodied. He's got slashes through one of his arms. And shoulder. And then there's a dead body next to him that's been brutally mauled. And it seems like there might be some more dead bodies off in the background. Mm -hmm. And Aiden is fighting in the Revolutionary War for the colonies. Yeah, because he's a good guy. Mm -hmm. Where he sees another colonist, look at him, and then the guy's eyes go black. Yeah. And then we see Aiden snapping awake on a pile of dead bodies, but with the same black eyes. Okay, so I know know I'm supposed to be disregarding the future of three seasons of TV I have in my brain. But you're not going to? I am, I am. But like, I just want to go back to episode one real fast, because they do a really good job of showing... Physically, the difference between a vampire who feeds on live and an Aiden on his blood bag diet mm-hmm. when he's sitting across from Bishop. Yep. Bishop's eyes are clear and intensely blue. His skin is red and has a lively tone to it. Yeah. Aiden is deathly pale. His eyes are super dark. The skin around his eyes is red and worn, like he hasn't slept in days. Yeah. And this is all tiny yeah. things to build up the difference between Aiden's pure like sober lifestyle and the rest of the vampires default lifestyle and you really don't appreciate that until later in the series but like just the stark contrast that they did in episode one is very good sorry but like you said that it it was you talking about bishop's black eyes in this this flashback that did it for me that reminded me understandable so the monologue we have overall this is basically Sally's equivocally saying man it kind of sucks to be a monster no one else can really relate to you and even you don't really know what's going on it's terrifying and I think she then questions why anyone would want to even want to be one when Rebecca snaps awake. Yes, that dead girl snaps awake in what looks like a coroner's office. It's probably the mortuary yeah. like, in bowling room. True, they would assume they look pretty similar. And Bishop is there with her and he tells her that he'll just be so happy that she's here now. Aiden will be happy that she's here now. Yeah, he says he at first and then she's like, what? And he's like, Aiden, he's just gonna, he's gonna be very happy and pleased with this. And, and- she's confused and scared and just starts calling out for Aiden, who is not 
not there. Then we jump back to that basement room, the cage. Yep. Emily is telling Josh that he is scaring her, that mm-hmm. he, that she's t- terrified, but he screams for her to stay away. Yep. And in a moment of clarity, while Aiden is feeding, he like steps back from this woman that he's drinking the blood from. And you can see in a gap in this curtain, because they draw a curtain around the feeding area when they're feeding, he sees Bishop, and it seems to struggle him out of it a bit. Because Bishop has like this shit-eating smirk I on was his right, face. you were wrong, Grin. And Aiden like kind of snaps back, and then he hears his phone. Mm-hmm. And he gets his phone and hears the message from Josh. And, and then he takes off. Vampires have super speed in this world. Celerity, mm-hmm. potence, a little bit of um, presence. Yeah. These terms all make sense if you understand World of Darkness. Particularly Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. Or Vampire. It's mm-hmm. not to be the Masquerade. Uh, and Aiden gets there just in the time to save Emily from the cage. Yeah. And then they watch Josh transform. Yep. Honestly, it's a pretty good effect. The sound and audio design for it's really good. Yeah. And the stern piece because i think they actually use prosthetics for like the very beginning stages of the transformation then finish it with cgi I, I a lot say, of things do that i will say this i don't know what the transformation scenes in the uk version of the show look like but the transformation scenes in this version of the show feel like they very are heavily inspired by american werewolf in london yeah you know the preeminent classic werewolf movies you know the transformation where your bones break and snap and it's pure agony the entire time you can heal your insides rearranging feel your body contorting in a fire pain to form this beast that is not you but shall control your existence for the next night you know as a human who never has gone through a transformation like that I have, though, had growing pains where the growing plates in my legs yep. were growing at such a s- speed that it was physically painful. Wow. That sounds like that wasn't what the payoff, was it? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> at five foot seven, not worth the pain I endured. That said, if that's what growing inches over the span of weeks and months feels like, I cannot imagine the sheer pain of having your body completely rearranged from a biped to a quadruped. Yeah. Like that. All I can think is, man, growing pains hurt. Mm -hmm. Imagine that, but accelerated and multiplied to the nth degree. Yeah. So Aiden takes Emily up to like the cafeteria, the cafeteria of the hospital. And she's just like trying to get information from Aiden about what's going on with Josh. Also, she's heavily rationalizing this. Yeah. Like Josh literally just transformed into a werewolf. She she didn't see that part though. She saw him crying out in pain on the ground, aggressively telling her to get away. When Aiden takes her out of the room, he throws her against the wall, not too harshly, but not softly either. And then he stands in the way. I assume he does not let her see anything that happens. Fair, but he did have claws and like... She didn't see the claws though. I know. I I understand. I just, I feel like she might have seen a little bit, but she's... She didn't. Mm, that's not how I've ever interpreted this. She didn't see a single fucking thing at all. Okay, I believe you. She I, just heard bone crunching and a guy in pain. To be fair, hearing bones crunch like that should be enough. Oh yeah, no, that, that should be enough to be like, there's something wrong with your body. You are fucked up. You have some type of curse. I don't know what curse, but you are cursed. She thinks it's just a mental thing, but when you hear the bones crunching and rearranging, it literally can't just be a mental thing. I, at the very least, believe you have the same disease that Samuel L. Jackson's character has in Unbreakable, and your bones are literally just made of glass, so you're contorting around in maybe drug withdrawals or something, and you're hurting yourself constantly, and your bones are shattering. To be fair, you wouldn't have to have the disease from glass if 
you're going through bad enough boom like drug withdrawals you could just snap your ribs and stuff like not with the amount of sounds going on there's oh too no much. there's too much no yeah. you have to have the glass disease he, he is again his bones are being completely reconfigured from a typical biped build to a quadruped yeah but as they're talking it is just like look he has a condition and yeah sure josh has some things you know going on everyone does though but you know he's a good guy he's a great roommate he's a good friend and she's just like does he really have a lot of friends though that doesn't sound like josh and she's like okay yeah he's he's kind of quirky but i mean you know like i said he's a good guy he's got a friend and a ghost for a roommate yep and emily eventually is just like it's just my sweet kind brother he just went mad two years ago out of the blue and you know it happened to our mom too she went mad but you know it's now she's back on the tennis court the entire issue is filed away forgotten about also mentions that she's back doing the book circuits which tells us that his mom's a writer of some sort or she's an agent fair enough and so aiden is trying to comfort her he's kind of like is there anybody i should call like to be with you or to help you out and she's like well my girlfriend's upstairs waiting on me so i'll just go up there yep that's kind of the end of the scene so then we cut to josh who's just now arriving home and sally is immediately apologetic she's like i'm sorry i couldn't help i really tried i want you to know i tried is everything okay did everything turn out well and josh is like well i i didn't kill my sister so that's good i guess the whole time sally's excited about something and she's like i'm trying to figure out how long i need to wait between your tragedy and my good news and he's like just tell me what it is she says danny's coming over aiden called him to fix the sink yeah so josh is like wait what walks into the kitchen and he's just like aiden wine Aiden's like she just really wanted danny to come over and then gestures towards the sink which is backed up with a bunch of fucking water mm-hmm. so then danny does arrive but sally's way too excited mm-hmm. and the living room lights flash and then shatter yes josh and aiden suggest that he can fix those after he takes a look at the sink yeah before danny does come in josh and aiden conclude that sally has to wait at the top of the stairs because some people can actually see ghosts not all but like if they're spiritually open and danny is Mm -hmm. he voted for hillary Mm -hmm. i love that joke (laughs) that he might be able to see her so yeah. she needs to wait out of eyesight because if he just yeah. sees his dead fiance there's going to be problems so when the lights burst josh says he's going to go upstairs and starts to head up them and danny's like the breaker's downstairs and josh is like yeah but i have a lot of things plugged in upstairs like a lava lamp a clock and, a, oh. and an extension cable plugged into another extension cable you're just a lot of stuff you're not supposed to daisy chain power cables guys it's dangerous it's a fire hazard you shouldn't do it i think it's some like building districts and like cities it is literally illegal mm-hmm. i would assume probably in california where they really don't like fire or sparks honestly it should be illegal if you live in in any single building that has more than you and your family in it yeah if you live in an apartment complex of any sort daisy chaining should be illegal i would agree so aiden ushers danny into the kitchen she's like look we'll just deal with the pipes now and then we can deal with the circuit breaker so josh is talking to sally and he's just like you have to calm down you just you have to calm down yeah and i think we mentioned earlier but sally doesn't know how she died yeah and that's like one of the big things she's like if i know how i died maybe i can move on Mm -hmm. so as danny is leaving and he was unable to fix the sink he said he'll come back later yeah josh is like hey before you go if if it's not too weird how did she die yeah which they get to that topic not just randomly out of the blue they get they kind of work their way there because danny's asking them if they've if anything's been creepy in the house because some of the other tenants that have been there before and have mentioned that it's a bit odd or weird or creepy and both josh and aiden are fairly nice about it josh 
Josh is like, yeah, no, it has character. And Aiden's just like, you know, it, it's it's a good character. And basically, they're playing compliments to Sally in the guise of the house. Mm-hmm. And so when they ask him how she died, he's like, well, faulty electrical. She wasn't able to turn on the hall light. So when she went, she got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. After we had just moved in. So we weren't really super familiar with the place yet. She took a wrong turn, tripped and fell down the steps. I found her right there on that landing. Mm -hmm. Which she at this point is sitting next to because she's progressively made her way down the stairs during their conversation. Yeah, because she's terrible at like. Yeah, she's like a child. She's not going to actually listen to you. Yeah, exactly. Uh and now she knows how she died, but it doesn't yep. really help anything. And then he leaves. After they ask more about Sally and what she was like. And he talks about how great she was and the best thing that ever happened to him. And she smiles and she's all happy. Mm-hmm. So then we get to the hospital where mm-hmm. Kara comes up to Aiden and once again propositions him to quote unquote explore what they have. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you know, this thing between us. And she's like, at a point he stops paying attention to her and is focusing more on her heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he bells when she also doesn't pick up the hand. Yep. Josh is then walking outside the hospital mm-hmm. in the courtyard area, the like lawn. And he sees someone standing in front of a little memorial the hospital has for Rebecca. And who could it be but Rebecca? And she grabs him and takes him to a secluded area. Well, I mean, she walks off, he follows, mm-hmm. and then she pins him against a wall in what looks to be more of the area that's been approved for renovation. And she goes to bite him. She's mm-hmm. talking garbage about his roommate, Aiden, the entire time. Yeah. But she goes to bite him and then catches a whiff of him and she apparently in her days of being a vampire is completely aware of what werewolf smells like because she immediately identifies him i like to believe they just have like a scrap of werewolf blood like i like to assume whatever panoply of monsters exist in this world vampires who like actively breed new vampires just have like a range of blood she's like okay so this is what werewolf blood smells like this is what i don't know a witch's blood smells like if it's different this, this is, is what, what a, a phase blood smells like this this is what a Bigfoot's blood smells like. Mm-hmm. This is what a mermaid's blood smells like. Don't know why you'd find one of those anywhere around here, but who knows? Don't know. Well, it's Boston. It, yeah. it is a harbor. This is what a Hydra's blood smells like. Haven't seen one of those in a few thousand years, but we still have the blood for it. I mean, if we're being fair, they probably do have like a sample of werewolf blood or fur yeah, somewhere. Yeah, sense. Because drawing upon the ability of future knowledge. Boo. Werewolf blood is kind of toxic to vampires. Yeah. Like I said, drawing on the, on the power of future knowledge. I'm sorry. It's boo- a plot spoiler for future stuff. Boy, boo me. It's super important later. It comes out before it becomes an issue. No. Yeah? No. Okay, well, my apologies. Our entire show is spoilers, so, you know. Boo. But, yeah. So then Josh goes to confront Aiden, because as far as Josh knew, Rebecca was missing. And as far as Josh now knows, Aiden turned Rebecca into a vampire. And Josh is pissed because they're living in a house and trying to be human, and Aiden's off fucking turning people into vampires. More importantly, though, I think Josh is angriest after this confrontation about the fact that Aiden is lying to him about turning Rebecca into a vampire from his point of view. Because, like, in his brain, only Aiden could have done that. And so when Aiden's, like, acting surprised because he is surprised. I mean, we haven't gotten to the part where he's talking about Aiden yet. He goes to talk, and then in this conversation, he gives Aiden information, and Aiden says he's surprised. Mm -hmm. Like, his initial upset is just the fact that he believes Aiden has made a vampire. Yeah. And then he gets more 
upset when he thinks Aiden's lying about it. Exactly. Yeah. Because Aiden isn't lying about it. He is surprised. In fact, he's so surprised that he immediately goes to confront Bishop about it. He goes to Sapton's son's funeral home. Which is not the name of the funeral home in the first episode. So either the vampires own multiple funeral homes Why, throughout what did you? Boston. Fair point. Fair point. Or something changed between the pilot and this, which doesn't make sense because they're filmed as a... Who knows? I have to assume they just own more than one funeral home. That's my assumption. Which, which also, at least in the world of being human, explains why it is so hard to break into the field of mortuary sciences yep. and funeral directors. It's because they're all vampires. They don't die. Mm-hmm. Like, they just keep doing the same job. Yeah. So he gets there. Marcus is at a desk and goes to stand up and it immediately grabs him by the collar shirt. He's like, what the fuck did you do? Where is she? And Marcus is like, that's not how this goes anymore. And he's accusing- Also, you'll have to be more um, clear because I don't know who she is. Also, he implies that Aiden's weak because Aiden's been drinking back blood instead of fresh blood. When Bishop walks in, he's like, calm down, calm down. You're both pretty. And then he goes to talk to Aiden and Aiden's just like, what the fuck? I asked for a simple favor for a cleanup and you turned her. That's not how this works. And Bishop's like yeah but you see you never ask for favors and you slip up so like so rarely so we had to know what was so special about her and it, honestly i can see it maybe a little too feral but you can help us break her in indeed and we also cut back to sally at the apartment yeah where she is sitting at a table trying to turn the page in a in a magazine yep tries I, to use her hand doesn't work just try to blow air at it and then there's a knock at the door and then the door opens and in comes danny with a toolbox mm-hmm. and a book on Plumbing for idiots. It's plumbing for dummies. Yeah. It's from the Four Dummies guide series. A guide series that has become much less useful now that the internet exists. Yep. So he's getting ready to do plumbing stuff. And we change scenes here, but we could just stick with Sally scene and finish that one up. Yeah, we, let's just stick with Sally and then we'll go back to Josh. So she's talking at Danny as he's trying to do plumbing. And she's just like, I don't know why you're trying this. You're really bad at it. I'm the one that fixed everything. Why don't you just call someone? Why are you so stubborn? Why won't you notice me? Why aren't you even paying attention to me? And during the scene, Danny steals from his mm-hmm. clients because he pours himself a glass of coffee from their coffee maker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, using a glass that was Sally's, but is now his because he gave them everything with the apartment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you said, she's recounting memories of like how the cup got a chip in it. And when he doesn't respond to her at all, she starts kind of losing it. Yep. And in her upset, her anger causes a pipe to burst. Yes. And, and in- then we have the other people show up, but we should go back to the scene that was with yeah. Josh before this. So Josh is once again, where he spends most of his time in these episodes on a bench outside of the hospital. And he's talking to his sister again. Well, he's not talking to her yet. Yeah. He sees he, her. She uh, sees him. She approaches him. And he tries to walk off. And she's like, you're not leaving. That's not how this works. You're not walking down my life again. I'm not going to let you do that. She's like, look, I saw what you're going through yesterday and it can't get any worse than that. So let me in. Let me help you. And he's like, it does no, get worse. It gets a lot worse. You don't understand. It gets so much worse. I can't do this. I can't be in your life. Just please don't tell anybody you saw me. Mm-hmm. And he leaves. And then he walks into the kitchen and is like, holy shit, Danny. What did you do? Yeah. And then he's like, look, I'll get a plumber. Josh to just turn off the water main mm-hmm. t- temporarily because water is just flooding the kitchen. Yeah. And Danny's like, I'll do it when I leave. And then as Danny's leaving, he pauses right next to Sally and looks directly at her for a while mm-hmm. and then leaves. He doesn't actually see her, but like he, he senses something. Mm-hmm. And then we're with Aiden, who is looking for Rebecca at a park because that's where Bishop's... Bishop mentioned she might be. She yeah. liked the amount of people. The happiness. The smell of blood. And fresh meat. Yeah. Yep. So Aiden does see 
see Rebecca in the park. Mm-hmm. She is rightfully upset that he left her for dead. Yep. And he's like, look, I didn't mean for you to become this. And she's like, oh, you just meant for me to be dead. And he's I like, get it. It's like, so much better. Yeah. She, she's like, well, thank you for turning me into this. Well, actually, thank Bishop. And he's just like, look, I know it feels really great at a point. And she's like, yeah, no. Half the time I want to tear my skin entirely off. He's like, yeah, it's pretty bad. She's like, the rest of the time, I'm a goddess. He's like, that's how you feel right now because it's a high, but it only gets worse. And she's like, all I have to do to keep feeling this way is actually do what vampires do and eat live meat. Feed. He's like, it doesn't have to be like that. You and me, we can run away together. We can help each other be better. She goes, oh yeah, we could go to a bed and breakfast up north and we could just eat all the other guests. Sounds wonderful. She says, eat all the leaf peepers because upstate new york yeah well, upstate yeah. not new york upstate massachusetts foliage tours and stuff yeah i get you yeah but she then also talks about like wanting to hurt her her father her, her father her sisters basically well he's aiden and is trying to be like look you have to remember the people that loved you you have to keep yourself human or you'll just become a monster and she's like forget the people that loved me they all treated me like garbage my father thought i'd never amount to anything we'll see what he thinks when i hold him by the throat about his heart and my sisters always thought they were better than me because they found like partners and had children and we'll see what they think when i drain the life from their babies and aiden just gets a disgusted look on his face and that's the end of their conversation because he walks the fuck away which is what you do when someone threatens to just drink babies you do not engage that is the point you hit the conversation you're like this is no longer a rational person i'm dealing with i'm going to leave and then back at the apartment, Josh and Sally are talking in the wake of Danny leaving mm-hmm. about who they were before. Yeah. In Josh's case, who he was before the camp was attacked by a werewolf mm-hmm. and he transformed. And in Sally's case, who she was before she cracked her head on the landing of a staircase. Yeah. And they're talking about like what they can do from there. And Sally's point out to Josh, like, you can still fix things. You can talk to your sister. You can talk to your family. You can you can change things. I like, can't do any of that. I just exist here and i don't even know if i'll get a chance to see him again or like actually interact with him again and And that's so much worse and while this is going on aiden's Aiden's at a bar getting drunk because he can't deal with the fact that he fucked up with rebecca yep and that has led to her being a vampire which is in his mind the worst outcome a person could have Mm -hmm. i mean which i get it it is a bad outcome but like i think i would rather be a vampire than dead yeah and then who sees him but kara because she went to this bar because this bar is close to where he lives and she comes over to say hello and he kind of brushes her off initially but then he like hears her heart beating and like can smell her so he mm-hmm. asks her to sit down and have a drink and they start talking and as yeah. Aiden's starting to be more flirtatious suddenly Rebecca pops into his seat next to him well, not yet because as he's becoming more flirtatious and he's hearing the pumping of her yeah. blood he has this moment of clarity which he's really good at having these single moments of clarity where he's and like, then ignoring them where he's like oh fuck if I keep going I'm going to kill this girl so he calls Josh and he's like look oh yeah I need you to come to the bar car is here you should come hang out and josh is like i don't want to do that and aiden's like yeah but car is here and you i'm alone come. and i was like i really don't want to but i don't think i need to and aiden's just like well if you don't really want to that's fine i guess and his voice is taking on more of like an airy tone or dreamlike and then josh is like okay fine i'll be there in just a few minutes don't do anything and then rebecca shows up mm-hmm. and she like immediately starts flirting with and touching aiden, aiden. to make car uncomfortable and then aiden's like rebecca stop it and car's just like wait rebecca and then she pieces together that rebecca is rebecca from the hospital and then she's not missing and then she feels super awkward because she's also definitely heard that rebecca and aiden were somewhat together 
or possibly are interested in each other. So she gets up and leaves. And Aiden like scolds Rebecca and is like, you should leave. Like, I don't know what you're doing here. And Rebecca's like, fine, I will leave. And just well, chooses a guy at random. At first she's like, well, you said we could work this out together, help each other. And he's like, I meant help each other be clean. And she's like, well, we could get dirty first. And they're like, no. So then she picks a random guy at a bar to leave with. Aiden tries to stop the guy from going with her, which results in a very brief one-sided fight, which Aiden wins. Because even a vampire feeding on bad blood is stronger than a human. Mm -hmm. But when he turns around, Rebecca is gone. And then we get the arrival of Josh, Mm -hmm. who finds Kara bleeding in the alley because Rebecca took Kara when Aiden was distracted. So he goes to stop the bleeding when Rebecca like slams him towards the ground and just calls him a good dog again, which she did the first time she saw him. And during the scene, Rebecca also, when Aiden arrives, is like, he could save her, you know? Like, he could stop her from dying, but he won't. And then she just leaves. Mm-hmm. And Josh is like, can you can you save her? And he's like, no, it wouldn't be saving her. And Josh seems skeptical, but Aiden doesn't. And so we then cut to a hospital, similarly their hospital, mm-hmm. so similarly very close. And they're both just sitting in chairs in a waiting room. And Josh is like, so it's over then, right? This is the end. They'll trace Kara back to Rebecca, Rebecca back to you. And then we're both just fucked. We're done. And that's where Aiden explains to Josh that there is a network of vampires and this stuff happens all the time. But because vampires are in positions of power, and he's looking at Bishop while he's explaining this to yeah. Josh. His Bishop, as a cop, is there. He's explaining to Josh that nothing will come of it because they protect their own kind. Yeah. So, like, even though Kara would point to Rebecca, Rebecca would point to Josh. It'll, sorry, Rebecca would point to Aiden. It'll never get that far because there'll be people in the way to prevent that. Yeah. And while this is happening, Sally has decided, I'm gonna lay down exactly where I died. Maybe this will, like, help in some way. Who knows? And so... We then have Josh. He watches his sister and her girlfriend leave the hospital. Yeah. He has a brief conversation with her. Yeah, he kind of storms up to his sister and he's just like, look, things are different now. I'm different. My life is different. You cannot be involved in it. You can't help me. You don't know me. You don't want to know this version of me. I don't want you to know this version of me. Leave me alone. Just forget about me. Kara then dies because... Mm -hmm. And Aiden is around to watch it happen because he feels extremely guilty. Bishop is also there. He's Mm -hmm. disappointed that Aiden let a nurse die instead of like converting her so they could use her to convert more people mm-hmm. and have access to blood i assume possibly mm-hmm. and bishop confronts and he's just like look you obviously you still want to feed basically and as you can see you need us it's cold out there without us to help you out if you don't have us next time you slip up no one's gonna be there to have your back it's us or them and then aiden's like well that was never really a choice at all was it i might be stuck in hell here with you forever but here right now it's them then josh and sally are back at the apartment mm-hmm. obviously because sally they talk about Aiden and Josh realizes that, well, he has just never really grasped how hard it is for Aiden to be around blood all the time, around people. Not how hard it is just to be Aiden because... Of every, for every second of every day because there's constant temptation mm-hmm. for Aiden. Yeah. Josh is a monster once a month. Aiden's... Aiden is a monster all of the time. Mm-hmm. So then he goes outside to the stoop where Aiden is sitting all sad and stuff and gives Aiden a coffee mug filled with who knows what. Alcohol, blood, hot chocolate. It's unclear. He was drinking whiskey earlier. Probably blood and alcohol mixed look we know aiden can't eat also uh that's the end of the episode now let's continue on aiden can't eat right but we have seen him drink blood and alcohol which implies somewhere around there that at least assumedly his liver is working because that's assumedly cleaning the blood he's using yes and then he doesn't
doesn't get drunk. So he, I don't that that I'm aware of. I, he, his inhibitions seem to be lowered. Both when he yeah when he's been drinking. And so that would be the same as like a human getting drunk. Yeah, right? which like, at that point it seems to imply that his body is like metabolizing the alcohol, mm-hmm. which means at least to some degree his gastrointestinal system is still working, but not well enough to process food. Yes, but it also means his liver is assumedly working because he does sober up. Mm-hmm. Oh, could you uh, could you imagine if as a vampire your your gastrointestinal system worked well enough to like process liquids but your liver didn't <laughs> so if you ever drink you would just be drunk that'd be fucked up but until you used all the blood that the alcohol had, like attached yeah. to but and then so a lot of urine is basically kind of blood which sounds like a weird statement but it's not really wrong it's used impurities and blood it's weird and gross look it up it's a fun thing so assumedly the vampires and being human do not shit but they do piss which was convenient because like yeah. if you never have to use the bathroom for hundreds of years you're gonna get into the habit of not having to use the bathroom and you're just not even like think to be like pretend to so you appear normal yeah it's like in twilight how the colons have to pretend to breathe in order to mm-hmm. like which you know those books making a bunch of things about like how hard they try to pretend to be normal humans at no point does it ever be like yeah no sometimes i just go sit in a bathroom for like 20 minutes and honestly it's so much easier to pretend to be human now because i just pull out my phone and like on some days i'll just play like a youtube video that's like 15 minutes long filled with fucking farting noises because before it was always weird people do like you never make any noise when you go shit like i never hear anything fall in like the latrine you, you don't grunt you don't do anything you're just calmly passing stool with the weirdest fucking thing ever man i think that's when like as a vampire you just go into the bathroom with like a pocket full of like twigs <laughs> Just so you could like drop destroy them? people's plumbing. That's so rude. Oh no, you fish them out before you flush. So you just have wet sticks in your pockets. No, you put them in wet the back toilet of the toilet. Sticks. You put them in the commode. Someone's gonna catch on eventually. People look at the <laughs> tanks of their toilet. Yeah, they'll just be confused why somebody put sticks in their toilet. <laughs> Anyways, that is the end of episode two. Justice, what are your thoughts on being human episode two? I'd watch more just to find out if Aiden pisses canonically in the show. <laughs> I hate to disappoint you, but it's never confirmed. Damn. <laughs> but no, I honestly would watch more. The character is the main driving impetus of the show. Aiden's struggling with his addiction. Josh is struggling with his trauma of being a werewolf, and Sally's dealing with ghost stuff. Her inability to move on. Yeah, I'm aware. I realized I could mention a serious thing or just call it ghost stuff. So I chose ghost stuff. Ghost stuff. Yeah, fair enough. It was more lighthearted. Look, I had a very serious conversation about piss. I wanted to be more lighthearted. I'm sorry. Fair enough. You, would you watch more of this? Yeah, this episode is just more of the first. Every, yeah, very like, much so. Everything from the first episode is still relevant in the second episode. Everything I said in the first episode is still relevant in the second episode. This is just a good show with good characters and good story. And even if they weren't literal monsters, which are you ghosts aren't necessarily monsters yeah ghosts aren't the subclasses of ghosts depends yeah poltergeist shades banshees reapers mm-hmm. those are all what i would call monsters but i would not call a ghost a monster yeah ghosts are just like ghosts is the vanilla npc version of those ghosts... it is not the mob monster you fight ghosts are just corporally challenged people that's all true like that'd be like calling a crippled person a monster because they couldn't walk they're just differently able yeah just like yeah 
I think calling ghosts monsters is kind of like discriminatory. You know what? I would agree. Anyways, that was Being Human, the US version. I know we don't normally tell you the next episode. The next episode we're doing is Being Human, the UK version. because the UK version. Because it is Halloween time. It has come. We are starting a little early because we already have plans for October. And because if Christmas can continue to expand forever, so can Halloween. Eventually, we're only going to review topics that we can tangently relate to Halloween. Or Christmas. Those two months become the entire year. Woo! So, like, November through, like, April is Christmas? No, only through February. Okay. Christmas gets four months. Halloween's Mm. the rest of the year. Yep. I'm down with that. If you want to contact with us and tell us your favorite spooky shows or favorite television shows, because I know we've harped on about how Being Human is one of our favorite shows. Yeah. You can do that a myriad of ways. The best way is and forever will be at our Gmail account at copilotsreview at gmail.com. You can find us on X at, at copilotsreview. For now, Elon's wanting to make it where you have to pay to even like log into the your accounts. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. So... We will make a blue sky at some point when we ever get invited. Yes. But otherwise- we have a hive where you can find us on you can find us on at copilots review but otherwise you can find us at copilotsreview.simplecast.com which has links to all the relevant things as well as our patreon which is also a relevant thing and our email which again best way to reach out to us thanks for flying and please fly again soon 